0: That's Bluenisle.com. Marcel skips away. Marcel's still going. Marcel's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Jensen away. That's Richards. That's Richards as scored. What about Andrew King? Put him in the sacred. Put him somewhere. Yes, yes, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Supercoach Podcast, hosted by the SE Whisperer. Now, today I wanted to touch base on the turmoil, the chaos, the heartbreak of Tommy Turbo's injury and how it's going to affect us picking our teams for round one. Now, obviously, a couple of days ago we touched on Tommy Turbo being the biggest liability and how it's going to have bigger impacts than just him, but today I wanted to touch over the different types of fullbacks that you could run, uh, the combinations and how it's going to affect your overall team balance now. The first line that we're going to cover is uh, Tedesco and X-Hooker. So, if you have Teddy set and you have your team built around him, then that's perfect. You only have to choose one. Uh, And we'll also go over the people like myself who aren't running Tedesco and what two sort of other guns we can look at. Now, we look at straight away, we look and see that AJ Brimson, in terms of averages, has the highest... Of all fullbacks that isn't named James Tedesco that will be available for round one. Obviously, we have Charlie Staines with an average of 117, but we all know that's not going to be sustainable. So we move down to to Brim. Now, I made a post on Brimson the other day, and the bloke's average when he came back from injury was phenomenal. Obviously, he had one poor game when he first came back, but after that, closing out the season, he had an 80.58 game average. Now, in the nine weeks that he was back from injury... He also had five games over 80. He currently has seven percent ownership so a really good pod move and a ppm of 0.92. Now we can look a little bit deeper into his scores and see whether he's an option to pick or not. So obviously didn't play the first 11 rounds then came back round 12 against the Roosters and only scored 18 in 80 minutes. With the runs under his belt he made a 112 against the North Queensland Cowboys. A 68 against the Sharks, a 90 against the Raiders, an 88 against the Dragons, a 60 against the Bulldogs, a 30 against the Broncos, a 100 against the Seagulls, and a 96 against the Knights to close out the season. Now that was made up of 25 base, 29 evading, 14 scoring, 11 evading, and 1 negative stat. So obviously, like other fullbacks, the base isn't there. He's not. Someone that's going to do a lot of hit-ups out of their own end, but he's definitely a third ball player in that Titan side, and often found himself on the end of the chances that Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty created, or even uh, or even laying them on himself. So, look, we can look at him, and, and we'll put him to the side, uh, and we can move on to the next man on the list, which is Ryan Pappenhausen now not going to touch on Pappy stats too heavily because I think his relevance falls into the category of whether he's going to goal kick or not. If he goal kicks, I think he becomes the must-have option if you are running Tedesco. If he doesn't though, we can probably take a look at him. Melbourne don't have the best draw for the first four or five rounds. We know that they obviously are a strong side, but with a new hooker to gel in, With a a tough draw, I could see Pappy maybe regressing a little bit without the goal-kicking, but finding his feet midway through the season the exact same as what he did last year. So, I think Pappenhausen really comes down to whether he will be goal-kicking or not. Now, the next man on the list that we could look at is Clint Gutherson. Now, I'm a huge fan of Gutho uh, in Supercoach. Whether I pull the trigger on him or not, I'm not too sure. We'll have a look at the stats today and work out whether he is a viable option. Now, Gutho in the first two rounds of last year had a 30 and a 36 against the Bulldogs and the Titans. Now, one was at Bank West and one was at Seabar Stadium, so this was before the lockout happened. Obviously, the whole world decided to implode, and we took a fair bit of time off away from footy. It was uncertain times, and we we came back in round three at uh, at Suncorp Stadium against the Broncos, and he towed up 124, so hit back in really good form then scores of 51, 50, 59, 102, 166, 76, 79, 77, and so on. So, obviously, had a really, really good middle part of the period when he found his feet in that Parramatta attack, obviously attacking heavily down that left edge. I see no different this year either. I think it's going to be a really good combination of Dylan Brown and Clint Gutherson on that left edge. The good thing about Gutho is we know that he is more more or less a ball player. He's not someone like... Um, a Teddy that's going to push up through the middle of the third. He will do it, but it's not his strong suit. He carries a base of 29. He carries creating stats 21, evading stats of 13. So, look, a little bit of an all-round thing. Without looking too deeply into the stats over the, off the top of my head quickly, I can guarantee that a lot of these fullbacks aren't going to have the high base, like someone like Tedesco, who does a lot of hit-ups for the Roosters. But, look, Gutho is probably second in line to goal kick as well, if Moses ever goes down so look I really I really like Gutho they have a fantastic draw Parramatta for the first five rounds much better than the Storm so without Pappenhausen goal kicking I'm going to rank Clint Gutherson a touch higher and I probably if Pappy doesn't kick I probably have it Brimson Gutho Pappenhausen at the moment until we look at the next man on the list which is Dylan Edwards now Dylan Edwards had a career year last year let's not put it lightly simply astounding and and really exceeded expectations and was one of the best fullbacks in the league statistically uh a couple of years ago he was horrible under the high ball continually making errors but last year he really really found his feet look i'm not sold on dylan edwards in all honesty i think mel uh i think panthers had a a year out of the blue i've made it no secret i think they're going to come back to the pack a little bit this year and I see Dylan Edwards coming back a little bit too. Uh, teams have had longer to work them out, watch tape, study them, plan attacks around them. So, look, Dylan Edwards, uh, in the same boat as someone like a Zach Lomax or a Matt Dufty, I'm not going to touch those two either, just from the sheer fact that I think the Dragons are seriously going to lack putting on points on the board this year. Out of Dufty and Lomax, I'd be taking Lomax, just from the sheer fact that he's going to goal kick. So, have got a couple of messages about those guys. Corey Allen's another interesting one. I don't think the Bulldogs will be gelling straight off the bat at the start of the year either. So, I'm happy to put a red line through Allen, despite he is a center wing. If you're going to go with an expensive center wing, if Valenheim Holmes is named on the bench, then I don't mind putting Corey Allen in your center wings, but to fill a fullback spot, I wouldn't be doing it. Now, another man on the list is Latron Mitchell, who I'm very, very keen on. Showed his ball-playing skills and, and playmaking skills in the All-Stars game. I think Souths are going to go a long way this year. They don't have a brilliant draw to start the year without looking at it too quickly, I think, from memory. They don't have the best draw, but they'll definitely come into their own this year. I think Latrell is someone you could pick up later in the year when the price drops. I don't think you will play Origin. And the last man that I'll touch on today is Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, who I think is a very, very interesting one. From the sheer fact that it's his last year in the NRL... We don't know what that's going to be like. We don't know whether we're going to see a couple of poor results from the Warriors and Nathan Brown decides to hook him off for someone like Rocco Berry to give him time to develop. Um, So, look, I think Roger Tulvastashek's a punt, but at the price he's at, at 520 k there could be worse options. I know I said we'd finish up there, but just scrolling down, there's one more man I wanted to touch on and Scott Drinkwater now. Scott Drinkwater had an average of 55 last year with a ton of negative stats, and there is reports going around that he will play at the fullback position this year, and if he does, I really, really like that. One for Supercoach and one for the NRL. I think Drinkwater is a natural fullback, obviously. He was the first in line at the Melbourne Storm after Billy Slater. There were some injuries which sort of pushed him out, and we saw Jerome Hughes get the get the gig, and then we saw Hughes go to halfback. And then we saw uh, Pappenhausen as well. So Melbourne have had a string of really good quality fullbacks. Uh, Scott Drinkwater is just another one. That line that I think will really have a fantastic year this year in 2021 if he is to play at uh, at fullback for the Cowboys. But just to round up, as it stands, I still have A.J. Brimson as the best option. Uh, I then have Clint Gutherson and Ryan Pappenhausen as the next two. Now, there's an asterisk on Pappy. If he goal kicks, I put him at number one, so take that what you will. But I think if you're going to be running Tedesco and another hooker, I know you're paying overs for A.J. Brimson. I know his scores inflated from a huge run of games last year. He's probably 30, 40k overpriced. I understand that. But for the Titans draw, the way that he's going to be crucial in their attack, I really like A.J. Brimson. Trying to find the cash myself to get him in. Not too sure will i pull the trigger or not. But uh, it's all about taking risks this game. And and you guys know that. I've said it many, many times. You're not going to get anywhere just playing safe. You've got to take a few risks. If it doesn't pay off, it doesn't pay off. But at least you know you've done it. Now, the next line, I think, I think I'd think i take Gutho and Brim. Like I said, I've put Gutho at two, so no surprise that I'd put those two as the combination. But if Pappy kicks, like I said, he's in my team at the moment from the sheer fact that I'm holding on for those kicking duties. But I wouldn't advise you guys running the cheap option. I've said that before. I don't think sliding Moylan down or sliding Stains down or an Asako or a Tessie New down to fullback is a viable option, I think you need to have two really good solid options there, even though we've lost Tommy Turbo, even though Tedesco is 850k, I think you've got to find the cash to get the two guns in there, uh, I'll make it no secret, I'll say it before Teamless Tuesday as well, but I think it's one of the most crucial positions, especially with the game, is going moving towards attacking footy, fullbacks becoming more and more prominent in attack and, and being that third ball player that either scores or sets up, so... It's all about a good 5'8 or good halfback on the inside, but I think you've got to run two gun fullbacks this year, guys. And they're probably my top five options to have a look at. Obviously, you guys can make your own mind up. I'm just giving my opinion, but that's that, guys. And for now, that's everything. And keep your friends close. And this is very, very important. Keep your pods closer moving into 2021. That'll knock a jacket potato out of you, that. And the cheese and the coleslaw.